Hey, Matt. Oh, hey, Z. What's wrong? Well, I went to Westfield the other day doing a bit of window shopping, and you know what? Not a single window to be found. What the heck? Do you want to talk about it? Well, I did try ringing Bunnings to talk to my local expert, but no one picked up, so I guess you'll be... Acceptable company. Hello. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in again. We're glad to have you. Matt, did you know recycling is a scam? What do you mean? Let me give you a quick crash course on how recycling came to be about. Okay. We got, we're doing a history lesson. We are. Sorry, I should specify I'm specifically talking about plastic recycling. So not paper and cardboard and things, which are recyclable. Sure. I don't have all the details. Is this literally a history lesson on recycling? It is, a little bit. Oh my God. Basically, plastic was invented like around World War II era by Americans who wanted to have some kind of material that was durable and easy to produce. I'm glad you followed up. I was going to say Nazi Germany. Uh, no, thankfully. <laughs> um, so plastic, I don't know if you know, is made out of oil and natural gases. And so people from these industries, oil and natural gas, started this society, Society of the Plastics Industry. And basically, they were just lobbying to produce a lot of plastic and sell it to a bunch of Americans. Okay. Following? So far, so good. Okay. This was, this was the real world war. The, the, yeah, this is the real world war, not the, not the one that you yeah, were taught is, about at schools. This is the Cold War. <laughs> before, um, before so the people bought these plastic goods and they were trying to reuse them, you know, reuse them over time. But the plastics industry basically said, uh, you don't need to reuse it. You can just throw it out and buy some, some more plastic because they wanted to keep selling it. Mm. And... This continued happening over time. We kept throwing out plastic and then around 1970, yeah. We have a stockpile of plastic. Correct. And people are just throwing it out because they were told that they can and there was no issue with it at this stage. And then around 1970, people were kind of catching on that plastic is not great for the environment. And recycling was invented. These corporations invented recycling to put the fault onto consumers. So, you know, it's your fault. This plastic thing is happening. So you need to do something about it. You need to recycle. But it was the plastic society, Z. They were in charge of <laughs> They were behind exactly it all along. Exactly the point I'm trying to make. Anyway, in the 1980s, the plastics industry realized that plastic can't actually really be recycled. It's got properties in it that you can't, that, I don't know, they can't be recycled. It doesn't break down. Correct. That's right and there's just not enough infrastructure in place to make recycling a viable option when did they discover this 1980 in the 1980s okay um but then the plastics industry felt the pressure and so they said to themselves if people believe that recycling plastic works then they're not going to want to ban it they're not going to be as concerned so do you know the recycling symbol right with uh, the triangles with the triangle and the arrows going around i do okay so the one where it looks like it's ribbon folded over in like a tight hey, hang shape. On. Are you about to tell me that the symbols mean different things? Sort of. I, I have to specifically look at the recycling symbol yes. to know if I'm a good human or not. Yes. All right. So the one that looks like a ribbon where it's folded over on the corners, do sure. you know that one? Yep. Yeah. That is the real recycling symbol. Mm. Tick. Recyclable. Okay. Have you seen the ones specifically on plastic where it looks the same, but it's just arrows pointing, they're not folded over, and there's usually a number in the middle? Yes. Do you believe that that means recyclable? Yes. Okay. It doesn't. That is... 
<laughs> so that's where they're trying to fool you. They're like, oh, we need to put this symbol on these plastics to make people think that it's recyclable and it's not bad for the environment. When actually that symbol with the number in the middle is actually what they call a resin identification code, which pretty much just tells you what kind of plastic it is. It doesn't mean it's recyclable. It's just number one is this kind of plastic. Number six is this kind of plastic, not recyclable. So you're saying they put these symbols on the plastic to trick consumers into thinking that they can recycle these things. Yes, when they cannot. Yeah, they borrowed the symbol and put a number in it to confuse you. No indication about what that number means, but it's actually only telling you what kind of plastic it is. So there's seven kinds. So you're going to see a number between one to seven. Only number one and two have a very slim chance of potentially being recyclable. Around 10% of the items with number one or two in it are recyclable. The rest, no. Landfill. I have a question. Mm. How did you discover this? Oh, okay. Excellent question, actually, because I have to tell you about this YouTube channel that I follow. The channel is called Climate Town and it's run by this really funny environmental graduate guy named Rolly Williams and he's just this funny dude. He is really educational in yeah, these videos. the environment is the newest hot topic of comedy. Well, he does it in a way that it is. So he is entertaining and comedic, but also really touches on the core issues of sustainability and what we need to do. But he delivers the message in a way that really engages you. I really highly recommend Climate Town. So you're telling me you found your theories on online? Yeah, it's not a theory. I choose to believe that it's truth. I admit I don't know much about recycling. I haven't really done the research. I haven't listened to Wally Williams. The reason that I am into it is because just for work, I've been doing a lot of sustainability projects. So this just kind of fell into my lap and I've been really into environmental issues the last six months or so. So do you walk through the supermarket looking at the bottom of bottles and being like, sham, throwing them at the floor, slapping them out of people's hands, (laughs) swapping them out in the shopping trolleys? Okay, before I throw something out, I do check if it's recyclable or not. I'm very conscious about that. But I also don't want to be that crazy person that's like, (laughs) you know, open your eyes, sheeple, recycling is a scam. Um, But I, I think it's really important. And he delivers it in a way that any person can watch his videos and realize what's going on in a digestible, easy to understand format. Look, I think I've heard some of your crazy theories, theories in, in the past. Tin and foil hat. Tin foil hat theories. <laughs> um, this one sounds more legit than most because, yeah, that makes sense. I have seen the the numbers on those symbols. So everything you've said, I'm uh, I'm into right now. Uh, that, I, I'm just going to say I don't know if it's going to impact how I choose to recycle. To be honest with you, I don't think it's such a hard thing to change people's behavior and it is a shame that we're just too lazy we're just too lazy to yeah because I'm, I'm doing the bare minimum by just throwing all my recycle stuff into the yellow littered bin and uh and i i want to feel like i'm helping the environment for it yeah i don't blame you it is hard we've got a really hard road ahead of us i think if we want to stop global warming and carbon emissions and blah 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 and, and the world eventually dying and mm. becoming inhospitable for yeah i think we're life. too lazy particularly us in no actually i was gonna say us in the first world but people in the third world don't have time to consider <laughs> consider, consider which symbol is on the bottom yeah, of their bottles no it's such a hard thing plastic's so ingrained in our society in our everyday lives i don't know what the solution is 
This Rolly Williams guy is saying we as individuals can't change. Legislation got us into this mess. Therefore, legislation is the only thing that's going to get us out. He had a really good point about um, the phrase reduce, reuse, recycle. Yeah. You know that saying? I do. He was saying recycling is not the Beyonce of that trio. Reduce and reuse are the Beyonce and recycle is the other two. But we think that recycling is the be all and end all, but actually it should be the last resort of the three. Look, if you're into conspiracy theories, I'm glad it's this one and not some of the other ones. We'll get to the other ones another day. The alleged moon landing. Oh, no. (laughs) What What a spoiler. Now people are going to be hanging on. Just like, when are they going to announce the moon landing conversation? But look, we're not quite ready to cross that bridge just yet. We haven't recovered from our off-air conversation about that. Oh, thank you. Thanks for indulging. Thank you for sharing. So, Z, you've known me for a while. You've known me going through the the highs and lows of the dating game. Mm -hmm. If you had to guess what my biggest insecurity about myself was, what would you guess? The on-air option or the off-air option? The on-air option, please. Height. <laughs> yes, my highs. I'm. I, I think I'm slightly below average. Not the worst, but it's definitely something that, especially on dating, especially on online dating, where you have to go to a date in person and see their disappointment when they look you up and down. My biggest insecurity is something that affects me more than anything else. Yeah, understand. Now, my topic I want to talk about is height while dating because it means different things to different people. I think that girls want a really tall guy, so a short guy. It's it's something difficult. Girls want a tall guy. So I guess tall girls would have a rough time as well. Um, now, you're not a tall person yourself. No, but I do prefer tall. Yeah, what, what's a tall guy for you? Six foot up. Okay, so. And I have experienced cases where, because tall is my type, and tall girls get really annoyed when they see me with a tall person. Wow. Mm. So you've been like I've been a- addressed about it. Wow, what did they mm. say? Back off, leave the tall use to us. No, it, it, it was a backhanded like comment in, in conversation. It wasn't an attack. Wow, that's crazy. Mm. Was this a friend of yours? I will not disclose the... Uh... <laughs> no, you don't have to tell me who it was, but... No, was I it, know. It wasn't a uh, it was, stranger. It, was... it wasn't a stranger, no. Okay. A- acquaintance or a friend? That's Plead the fifth. Okay, that's too much. Like, what sort of scenario would someone have the balls to... It was something along the lines of... Leave some for the tall girls. Why don't you, you know, find someone your own height? Oh my god! Because mm. um, Z, you're how tall? About five. Foot? Five foot. Five well, foot. actually, I tell everyone I'm five feet, but I'm actually technically four eleven. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, you're you're on the petite size. Yes, which is fine. I'm. I'm 5'5", five five, thereabouts. And most girls are after someone six foot. But there's a lot of girls out there that are like, oh, you know, I don't care about your height. Mm. Can I just say though? Of course you can say that. Um, when I say tall is my preference, we are speaking strictly at a physical level. Let's imagine there's like a wall, a soundproof wall between us and I'm just looking at the person physically, not getting to know them, not finding out about their personality. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, I have two questions. Mm. So first of all, all these online apps, they're very superficial Mm. the whole process of swiping through matches is all you know at first glance i guess it's not a question but the whole concept of online dating is is about superficial looking at people so so you're telling me that you would date someone shorter than you if they had the personality shorter than me Mm -hmm. no Mm -hmm. but it's hard to be shorter than me that's what i mean it's 
because your, your comment before about, you know, it's all, it's a physical thing that implies that you would date someone shorter. And I, I understand being shorter than five foot is a pretty short guy. But look at these six foot girls. Okay, if I was a six foot girl and a guy who was shorter than me had everything that I was looking for, was really funny and witty, I could... I, could I? Mm. <laughs> Easier said than done. Mm-hmm. The, the, the truth of the matter is there are probably going to be options that have all those characteristics and are taller than you. Mm. You know, so what is it about, I guess, tall guys that you like? Why is that a characteristic? Mm. Is it just like they're big and manly? I think so. I think that's a lot to do with it. I, I don't know. There's a lot and of small aspects Small guys to are it. cuddly and children. If I'm being really honest, it's that I feel like I have quite a strong personality and subconsciously, I feel like a tall guy would be able to have that same alpha dominance that I feel mm. I bring. Interesting. Mm. So you need someone six foot to match your inner six foot. Subconsciously, <laughs> yes. So I've had, I've definitely had dates where I, I've approached and people have outright rejected me um, even before the date appears when they find out my height. And it's generally I reply with a snarky comment, but it's not the only, there's plenty of reasons to be rejected, but the height thing is... is I get that that is something that you're insecure about and something that's been a hurdle for you dating. But I also feel like certain other groups deal with the same insecurities in different aspects. For instance, Asian men I've heard feel like they are looked over in the dating scene. Mm. Um, people who maybe like have disabilities or people who, I don't know, are dyslexic or colorblind. Or work certain jobs. Yeah. Or earn a certain income. Yeah. I understand where you're coming from. And because I am the type of person who has a certain preference towards certain heights, I can see how that would be an area of contention. But you're not the only one. No, of course not. D- dating is all about I just conquering your insecurities to or finding someone that accepts them. And also you've had, you know, a good history with dating. Like, okay, there are lots of girls out there who might overlook you, but you have a great personality and people are attracted to that. It's not like no one is... No one's taking the bait. Yeah. No, you're right. I've had successful dates, sure, and relationships, but it's, you know, there's there's a lot more that weren't. And look, that's just a dating realm. I'm not saying my experience has been the most awful dating experience of the world. No, I have been relatively successful. And while I might not be tall, I have other qualities that people find attractive. Yeah. Besides, you can't see how tall I am in a photo, so it's not until they meet me in person. <laughs> you get to see their disappointment yeah, well, in real life. It's not often, but it has happened. Mm. You know, the lower the eyes kind of fall down. and Does this not come out in conversation beforehand, though? Like, they a, know a lot what of they're the getting time into? It does. Yeah. A lot of time it does. You have, to, you have to iron out these sort of things. Yeah. And they go, you go, oh, how tall are you? And you go, 5'5". Five, five, and you go, oh, sorry, I'm looking for someone over 5'8". I'm like, oh, I'm looking for someone that isn't a bitch. <laughs> Then no. <laughs> well, at least they're honest. Wouldn't you rather they just not waste your time? Yeah, look, they're obviously not the right person for me yeah. if they're that superficial anyway. Mm. But having said that, I, I mean, I guess I'm a bit superficial myself. Exactly. And then, look, it, all, it all goes back to it goes it all goes back to online dating because it's all superficial. Mm. It's the whole thing. We're all expendable. It's all superficial. I think physical attraction is really important it in is. relationships. It if is. you have a type that you're attracted to, that's fair enough. I agree. I think um, the whole reason these these apps work is because yeah, I, you've got to start somewhere, right? Is that like you can you can swipe on personalities? Well, you can. You have a little bio 
bio, don't you, that you write about yourself in? Oh, sure, but it's the photos. No, I feel like for me, if I was in the dating app game, the bio for me is the number one teller of chemistry followed by photos. But you're a lot like that. You're, you're. I think you're like an emotionally connected mm. person. Mm, yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. You're, you're attracted to people inside mm. more so than outside. You, I think you'd approach the dating game a lot different than most people. I think so too. Yeah. And even if that person wasn't physically attractive to me at first sight or not my typical type, if they had this really witty bio... I feel like I could definitely overlook physical attraction for that kind of soul connection. Yeah, I see. But remember, as a girl, you're going to have many, 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 many bios to sift through mm. and in a very short amount of time. And sometimes you just got to, you don't have time to read every bio, Z. It's mm. just, just swipe, 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 swipe. I feel like I would take the time. Mm, I don't know. I've seen some of my friends. Look, online dating is a topic for another time. It <laughs> another is. Time. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about height. insecurities and mm. height. And it's the long and short of it, Z. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so Matt, I wanted to talk to you about something that you may not be able to relate to because your name is quite common. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my name, not so common. No. I was at one of those places, a drink franchise where you tell them your name and they call it out when it's ready. I was, I was just going to bring this up, but I'm glad you did. Yes. I was one, at one of those places with uh, another friend who has an unusual name as well. His name is a name that you've never heard of. It's from some ancient foreign folklore. And he said his name to the staff member and he had to keep repeating himself because she couldn't get it. And it is quite an unusual name and there's similar letters all mm. next to each other. So it's... So it's not only is difficult. it complicated to say, it's complicated to, to spell. Yeah. And I said to him, why don't you just say that your name is, you know, Sean, for instance, and, you know, make it easy on everyone. You don't have to sit there repeating it. And he said to me, my name is just as valid as anyone else's name. And I didn't 100%. Yeah, I agree that your name is just as valid as everyone else's. But for this very transactional interaction, just say it's something else. Yeah, it's, they're not disrespecting you by not knowing how to spell your name. Correct. But I was under the impression that just changing a name, no big deal. Sure. Let's just make this quick and easy for everyone. But then this Instagram account that I follow, very woke at Satyagram, posted this caption that basically said, if you westernize your non-Western name, you are proliferating the belief that Western names, white names are okay, acceptable, and anything else is other, weird, unacceptable. And I tend to agree, actually. Like, why can't people accept that there are different names out there from different cultures? I think they can. If, if you go back to this coffee enterprise you were talking about, they're not trying to be rude or by not understanding the name or they want to learn the name and make sure it's right as quick as possible as well because they just want to give you a coffee and get you out of the shop. They're not trying to be difficult, but... Look, I'm not saying, it, of course, foreign names or non-white names aren't invalid, but it's, it's, they're not trying to be racist by, by not recognizing the name. Yeah, I agree. If it's a name that they haven't heard of before and they're struggling with it, that's not their fault. That's not anyone's fault. What if he gives himself like a, I don't know, it doesn't have to be a form of his name. Just, just make up a name, have some fun. Yeah, or spell it out for them. My name is this unique name spelt blah, 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 then yeah. it makes your name valid, but you're also helping them because you're spelling it out for them. You're educating them. Hmm. 
So I know I know you give a different name when you go to decoffee places. I do, but I don't like it. I was going to say, I, have you changed your stance on that now? Okay, so I used to say Sarah yeah. because it's a common name and it rhymes and close enough. But now I've started saying Z. Still a little bit weird, but closer to what people call me anyway. Mm. Maybe I will. I think from now on, I'm going to start saying my name and spelling it out for people. Thoughts? I mean, go for it. I think your name is, you know, it's relatively easier than some. You'd be surprised. There are people in my life who just can't remember my name, can't say it, can't commit it to memory. And I think it's intentional. I think it's because, oh, this name is not within my template of acceptable names that I choose to remember. It's too foreign. Therefore, I'm not going to give you the The effort. Yeah. I, look, uh, maybe that's the case for most people. Uh, for some people, I think <laughs> look, most people are bad with names to begin with. And Like, if you can remember the name Gladys Berejiklian or Anastasia Palaszczuk, you should be able to remember a five-letter, two-syllable name. Oh, very good point. I don't think people are trying specifically to not remember names like that. It's, it's, just, it's just like any sort of muscle memory. But don't you... I want to acknowledge this person's identity. A name is such a strong part of your identity. Mm. Give them the time of day to make sure that you're saying it right and just remember it, especially if you're interacting with them on a regular basis. I think it's really rude to not remember someone's name. There's this, um, someone was telling me they have a colleague named Jose who's like South American and he goes by Josh because people can't remember Jose. Same amount of letters, two syllables. And it's not that hard a name to remember. No, I think people are just rude and entitled. Do you though? I don't, I don't know if the majority are. I think people are bad of names to begin with. And look, Jose obviously introduced himself as Josh. No. So how, wait, how did he get attributed with Someone the Someone saw it, J-O-S, put the rest together in their brain and it spread. Oh, shit. Okay, that kind of blows my point out of the water, doesn't mm, it? Mm. But and he's too, and I know how he feels. Like people are too timid, I guess, to correct people on their names. Like some people at my old work used to say Zara, even though the letter after the Z is an E, not an A, clearly. Learn your vowels, people. And I felt like because they were more senior than me, I couldn't correct them. And I hate my past self for that. I want to stick up for myself and say, no, this is my name. Get it right. Well, I, I agree. I obviously have never had to experience that. My my name is spelled with one T and that's about as difficult as any it ever gets mm. but 100 you should stick up for how like how what your name is and how it's spelled i think if you're choosing to give yourself a white name to make things easier i can understand that mm. especially in these coffee shop scenarios but if you're if you're in a workplace scenario or somewhere people are going to see you every day or friends 100 they should respect you and give you your proper name address you mm. properly and you're right about not being I guess it takes courage to correct people. I, I actually experienced something similar uh, related at work where this girl came into our team and her name's Emily. Mm. And I started calling her M because I'm super friendly and I give people nicknames. So mm. turns out she didn't like M. She likes Emily. But she had to go talk to one of my friends and says, Matt's calling me M. I don't really like it. What do I do? And the other friends are like, just, just tell them. Like, mm. and I, I don't think Emily's a, like, the quiet type. I didn't think she'd be, she had an issue with confrontation. But for her to have to go get advice instead of just telling me, you know what, it's it's not M. And it's a hard thing. It's a hard thing to correct yeah, people. Yeah, apparently so. It is. And I'm quite a, like a assertive person and you even are. I find it difficult. That's so. There's this person, I'm not going to name names, that went to my wedding. Let's just say that. Mm. No, can't remember my name every time they see me. Are they your husband's friend? Mm, plead the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> but then I can't make my arguments. <laughs>
You went to my wedding. Remember my your, name. I was at your wedding. No, not you. I'm talking to this hypothetical name. person. This nondescript person. Look, yeah. So what did he call you instead? They just, not he or she, just looks at me and gives me the face. That I can't remember your name face. Wow. Or I choose not to remember your name face, wow. really. Anyway, moving on. So obviously he's on the groom's side. He or she. He or she is on the groom's side. Well, obviously, <laughs> if anyone I'm going to invite is Would knows hopefully, my name. Hopefully remember your name. Anyway, that's wow. all. I just wanted to air that out. No, fair enough. I didn't look at Yeah, I never really thought about it. So don't westernize non-western names. Commit them to memory. I wouldn't unless they introduced them as such. I used to work with another uh, another man. He was from Turkey and his name was um, Ferrat, but he called himself Fred mm. to everybody I know. And um, But so- he probably did that. From his name not being... Yeah, 100%. Um, I, I understand. But he's he's abandoning his name more than before anyone else is, right? No, he abandoned it because everyone else did. And therefore, he's going to bend down to everyone else to make it easier on them. That name comes from culture and a long line of, you know, Turkish history. And it's just been erased from him westernizing his name. I don't like it. Well, he, he chose to do that, though. <laughs> but in the same way that I chose to not correct someone for saying my name wrong because I'm too timid... Like, he didn't do it because he wanted to. He did it to make it easier for the ignorant people that can't be bothered learning. Correct. Okay. So the takeaway is if you've got a foreign name... Don't westernize it. Rock it. Yeah, rock rock that foreign name. Okay, Z. So it's time for the infamous Matt's Geekly Weekly, Not So Weekly. Mm Mm-hmm. If I asked you what the number one movie in Australia and New Zealand was this year, what would you guess? I don't even know any movies that have come out this year. Tenet? Tenet. That's a pretty good guess. It's honestly the only other movie I've seen this year. <laughs> but no, it is the Demon Slayer movie. It's uh, a movie, um, follows on from an anime series, which is now on Netflix. Um, Demon Slayer, how familiar are you with the concept of? Not familiar. I feel like Slayer is some kind of metal band. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Demon Slayer, mm, brain no compute. Brain no compute, okay. So it's a pretty popular anime. It gained a following uh, about about two years ago when this, this one clip from one of the last episodes aired and went viral. And it's just gorgeous, gorgeous clip. It's only about three minutes long. It's just beautiful. Animation is amazing. Mm-hmm. I watched this one clip and I had to watch the entire series. And it's really good. Basic concept is uh, the main hero. He's, you know, he's, he's slumming in the mountains with his family and all his brothers and sisters. And a demon um, shows up while he's away from home and kills everybody in his family, except for his sister, who is turned into a demon. Okay. So in order to avenge his family, he becomes a demon slayer, which are very strong humans that fight demons out in the world. Demons are pretty hard to kill and they just basically go around eating people. And okay. the more people they eat, the stronger they get. Okay. Does that mean he kills his sister as well? Ah, good question. No. Nezuko, his sister, hasn't killed a human. So she is, she's kind of fighting off the curse. She's a, a good demon. Okay. Got it. So he travels with her and together they fight whichever demons the demons they sell them to fight. So there was a, so the first, se- first season came out and now all of us fans have been waiting on the movie Mugen Train, which is essentially just the next arc of the, the anime, but a movie form that came out. And it has. And I've watched it. And mm. it was really, really good. Okay, cool. Lived up to expectations. It did. Look, anime movies are never the best movies. I know. I've watched Dragon Ball Z. Um, yes, they're all basically just massive long episodes. You know, some really lame plot and then an excuse to have big flashy fight. Which is fine if that's all you're after. Demon Slayer is a little bit better than that in that it it's actually the next part of the story. They just put it into a movie. So while it is basically just a big fight, um, there are repercussions that leads on to the next season, I assume. So questions? Um, highlights? Lowlights? 
Oh, look, it was it was very, very gorgeously animated. The series itself is um, very, very well animated, but the movie had a movie budget, so it was just gorgeous. Okay. Beautiful. The music's really good. Characters are fun. The action was amazing. I watched it again just to see the action. Low lights. Um, I mean, it was still an anime movie, you know? The whole thing is spent on a train. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Like a- there's demons on the train and they're trying to fight them? Yes. Okay. And they're disguised as something else? Uh, like, the, I mean, the, the demons only have powers where they can disguise themselves or hide or something. Or In fact, one of the demons basically becomes a train. So they're, <laughs> they're on a train and the demon is part of the train. Okay. It's pretty cool. It's good. Yeah, no. it sounds really cool. No, it, it was great. As far as anime movies go, yeah. I had a really good time watching it. Uh, it's a really good series. The series is on Netflix now, which I was quite surprised of. So friends of mine um, binge watched it before we went and watched the movie, which I think you should do as well. Not going to happen. Okay. <laughs> um, out of 10? Um, I'd probably give it a 8. Okay. It was enjoyable. Um, it's, you know, I'm a sucker for like anime. I know. I like anime. And, and as far as anime movies go, it's probably the best possibly the best i've ever seen oh okay the latest um generally i'd give anime movies pretty average marks they're all like kind of fillery excuses for just more right faff but this um like i said this was plot driven i'd probably say this or the latest dragon ball z movie broly was actually really good too um and the animation is way better than anything you've probably seen because it's you know gone in the days of pen and paper z now it's now it's computers cgi and stuff cgi and stuff so what you're saying is basically this one was the best of a bad bunch. Yeah, I, I suppose. <laughs> that is look, yeah, you're right. It's it's they're generally pretty average. I've never like I never go, Wow, you have to watch this mm. this Dragon Ball Z movie. I mean you go to watch these things for fun and it's it's just because you're a fan. I remember I watched I watched two Dragon Ball Z movies in the cinema and they were giving out free trading cards packs at Hoyt's and I thought, well, if they're free and then the staff didn't really care so I thought I'd grab a whole bunch and maybe I can make enough to play a game or two what I didn't know is that they were the same two cards in every single packet <laughs> so now I've got like 30 packs of the same two cards which I'm hoping are worth something someday but it was fun you know and now I can hand someone a pack of cards every time they come over to my place and they can throw them out end up in landfill end up in landfill nope. no recycle no. sign <laughs> But it was, it was a good movie. I very much enjoyed it. I'm glad. I'm looking forward to more. I've been looking forward to this movie for a while. I'm glad the cinema experience is um, back on track post-COVID. Yeah, I know. It's, I mean, there's still not much coming out that's exciting. But, I mean, the Mortal Kombat movie, I don't know if you've seen the trailer for that. It's a big no for her. But um, Is that the game where they fight? And it says, fight. Is that Mortal Kombat? Yeah. Look... I could be a dick and be like, that's like every fighting game. But I think... The one that was like out in like 1995. Yeah. There's, there's been like, I think it's 12 Mortal Kombat's. Oh, okay. There's been a lot. Did you, Fun fact, while we're just talking about geek stuff, Mortal Kombat was so violent back in the day. It's the entire reason games have a rating now. Mm. They introduced this whole like panel of like to rate games and give them, you know, MMA ratings it was because of the original Mortal Kombat. I was thinking about this the other day. I was reading a book and it had quite a saucy scene in it. And I'm like, oh, books don't have ratings. Any, you know, any kid can pick this up and read it and use their imagination. That's a good point. I never actually thought about that. Mm. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess imagination is... I guess you need to know free. what these things are to imagine them. Yeah, sure. But a 13-year-old can pick up a novel with a raunchy scene and understand. I guess. I know. I also collect manga, which you'd know, which mm-hmm. is the comic form of anime, essentially. Some of the manga is sealed if it's got raunchy scenes in ah. it. So, it, it, yeah, it's sealed in plastic. Um, but books, they don't do that. No. But manga, I'm guessing, is a visual thing. There's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, there's yeah. nudity and other things. <laughs> 
But I mean, yeah, like a an erotic novel can be just as just as saucy. Mm. Man, this conversation's taking a turn. Yeah. <laughs> okay, well that's um that's basically what I wanted to say. <laughs> I like reviewing movies. There hasn't been too many to review at the moment, but Demon Sayer, Mugen Train, pretty damn good, especially if they're into that sort of thing. Awesome. Though I'm guessing if you're into it, you've probably already seen it. Well, thanks for the heads up. Now I don't need to watch it. Oh. <laughs> like you were going to anyway. Yeah. I was going to, but you gave it all away. I so. gave it all away. <laughs> I didn't say how it ends. That's the only reason. Yeah, there's some big fight. Some big and fight. And some big explosions and some crazy explosion hair. And then the hero wins in the end. Look, you're close. <laughs> but no. Mm. Ah, that's all we're going to get. Cliffhanger. Thank you for tuning in again. We hope we've been acceptable, acceptable company. company. Oh, we're just we're singing it. <laughs>